After a year and a half, E.T. is coming back to the stage and will be hosting the 120 Conference right here in the ATL live September 25th and 26th. This year has left us drained from experiencing loss to having to live in uncertainty about finances and health to experiencing extreme burnout and being overwhelmed in our careers. It's time to rebuild. It's time to rise and recover. Find a way to finish. Find a way to find some more strength to keep going. Find a way. But whatever you do, don't quit. Don't surrender. Don't give up. Remember, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. It's time to go all in and reach new levels of success. Eric Thomas and the 120 Conference is exactly what you need to get that breakthrough and come out on top. Come see E.T. like you've never seen him before, right here in the ATL Live, September 25th and 26th. It's time to rebuild. It's time to rise and recover. Come see Eric Thomas like you've never seen him before. Get your tickets now at 120series.com. Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 41. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the fire festival, not paying out people. A huge, huge thing for Netflix. They're bringing in podcasting, maybe. Um, Hmm. We're talking about jewelry. We're talking about the return of Dr. Eric Thomas. Hey. And so much more. Uh, Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Man, this is, uh, well, first off, it's always good to come back after an interview because I feel like I haven't talked to you in super long. Although last week's episode was fire. Shout out to Erica Ford for that. But uh, yeah, this one, I'm just excited to get back to the regular flow. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you already know what time it is. It is the review of the week. And we got my thoughts. What's up, Nikki and Moose? I just listened to the first episode of 2021. Shout out. I think that was Inky. Um, All the way through. And I received so much value and insight from Inky. I love what you mm. are all doing. And keep up the great work. Let's go. Hey, shout out to everybody who leaves us a review. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And I think... Pod chasers, right? P- Apple Podcasts and Pod Chasers. But um, shout out to all our first time listeners. We got a few, mm. few new ones, few new ones. So welcome to the family. W- welcome to the family. Salute to to all our uh, day ones and day. Uh, I want to say uh, four hundred. I want to say four hundred okay. because we've been okay, we've fair. been doing this for a little bit. We've been doing. Gotcha. I'm just saying, yeah, been at uh, it. including yep. the the Facebook Live days. Um, mm. but if you are brand new, definitely go check out on Apple Podcasts All Access Squad. You get access to the after show. You get to try it out for three days for free, free. So uh all access squad, the little plug on that. But let's get into this episode. First off, most how are we feeling? How are you you good? Excellent, you right? man. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, things are good. Let's get it. 
You sure? You you, you survived the flood? You survived the flood? <laughs> Yo, did you see that? Oh, my God, yeah. Any New Yorker who was here this past weekend knows we had uh, a ridiculous amount of rain, and it was crazy on the subways. But, uh, no, thankfully, I was not commuting on the, the subway or the train or anything like that. So, yeah, no, we were good. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to put it up and everything, but uh, the the footage of how much rain was crazy. happening in New York was crazy. So I was I was worried. I was like, oh my god! And we were talking, and he was like, yo, there's so much rain. So I thought he was floating. I thought he was floating for Swimming. a little bit. So I was I was worried. <laughs> I was worried as a friend, right? I was worried yeah. as a friend. Uh, but he's good. He is safe. So we're good. So mm-hmm. let's get into this very first topic. Um, We we kind of teased it in the beginning. We kind of hinted that it may be happening. But Dr. Eric Thomas is back with 120 Live in Atlanta. Hey. Let me show you or air or let you listen. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, E.T. Guess who's back? That's right, I've been off the road for over a year and a half. Why? COVID. Why? Because the doors weren't open. Why? Because I couldn't get to you, but I'm super excited. I'm back. I'm back on stage. I'm back in the arena. I'm back in, look, I'm back in your presence. I'm back in your face with that inspiration, with that passion that you're accustomed to, and I'm ready to help you go to a whole nother level. I'm ready to transform your life. So I look forward to seeing you amongst the thousands at the 120 conference. Click the link below. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So first off. So first off. Shout out to E. Shout out to whoever did those visuals. I'm saying. I may may know. The sound. Yeah, I may know uh, the person who did it, uh, a.k.a. Carl. Uh, mm. to Carl. Yeah, we had to bring him back. We had to bring him did back. that whole video? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to wow. bring him back for that one. That's how um, you know you're a GOAT. You only come out of retirement for like, you know, top-notch stuff. You kill it real quick. You go back in the hideout. <laughs> yeah, facts. That's phenomenal. But, That's phenomenal. Um, I think this is needed. I think the people have been wanting it. Uh the crazy thing is that this one is probably going to be the biggest one we've ever done. About mm. if it fits about so I heard like a thousand people, like over a thousand people. That's huge. All right. Wow. Hold on. That's huge. Yeah. Um and I know the tickets already went on sale, 120series.com. Early bird. I listen. By the time you hear this, I don't know if the early bird situation is still happening. So bear with me. But you need to get your tickets because we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I had. Yep. Oh man, I forgot his name. Oh, let me see if I could pull it up real quick. Uh, there was this one follower that was like, "Yo, I got the platinum uh, ticket because of y'all. Like, we're going. Like, I'm oh, like, yeah, I saw your text. Yeah, see, hold on. Let me see if I could." Oh, I can't find his name because I covered it. Shoot. But you know who you are. Salute to you because he's like, yo, I listen to Nikki and Moose. I'm a huge fan. Kyle. 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 I there got it. Go. Kyle. All Brother right. Kyle. 
Thank you. Shout, shout out to you. Um, so hopefully we'll see you guys in Atlanta, September 25th and 26th. Uh, other speakers will be announced, but we wanted to break it here since we teased it. So we had to bring it back one time for the one time. You know what I mean? But let's get into this next topic of Netflix. Uh, I think this is huge. Okay. Major. Um, Major. Y'all know how I am with names, so um, I think I got this right. But excuse me, because I really am trying to get on Netflix now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Najiri Eaton, I think that's what it is. Cool. Becomes the first head of podcast at Netflix. All right. They never had a head of podcast. Netflix mm. hasn't done podcasting. Clearly. Podcasting has made a super wave that Netflix is like, hey, 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 we may need you. We we may need you over here. And and the cool thing is, uh, she was the head of content at Apple, so she may know a few things, mm. right? May know a few wow. things about podcasting. May know a few things. So, um, hold hold. Let me let me do this. Uh, Netflix. If you're listening, right? If you're listening, uh, or anybody who may be connected to Netflix, if you're listening or when you listen, uh, mm-hmm. Nikki and Moose would love to be on Netflix. We happen to have a really dope podcast. Um, visuals are already taken care of. Production is great. Uh, audio is taken care of. Lovely because you're listening to it and you're being amazed by it. My voice and Moose voice and the content that we are dropping on a regular weekly basis. And we're very consistent. Mm -hmm. So Netflix, since you are Mm -hmm. growing your podcast uh, department, we happen to be available. (laughs) Right. Right. So, I mean, look, let me shoot. Major. Let me shoot my shot. Okay. Let me. Let me shoot my shot. Can we at Nigeria and, and Netflix with oh, that real quick? You, Just listen. Hold drop on, her a get... DM. Yeah, let's drop her a DM. Nigeria, like... I, I, I followed you on Twitter. I followed right. you on Instagram. What I think is your Instagram because it was private. So I'm not really sure. But right. um, I'm just letting you know. We kind of mm-hmm. happen to know uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, too. So if you grab mm, us, you may, you, you may uh-huh. grab the other one. Right. <laughs> Shoot, shoot your shot. Yep. I mean, Virtual introduction. Nice to I, meet you, Nigeria. Yeah, My name you is know. Mustafa. Hey. Indeed. Yep. Yep. Um, let's talk. This, you know what I'm saying? Let's just let's let's talk. Yeah. We we have really cool yeah. friends. We have Inky Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I'm just we got cool friends. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you we know what's cool dope friends. about that move, too? Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what's, what's dope about that move, too? Um, you know, I'm big on the diversity piece, so I definitely want to yes. go there. Of course, the move itself is major, right? Absolutely. Netflix expanding into that direction, major business move. I love the thought process. I love the expansion. I was on Netflix today kind of flicking, flicking around, and I saw that they have like interactive, even meditation uh, kind of thing on Netflix. I'm like, okay, I see that they're expanding and really like making this a holistic, almost like j- just a complete platform, right? Which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But then you also talk about hiring a minority woman mm. to lead out 
to lead out a new department or a new, you know, area of the business that you're trying to expand. I love that move. I mean, some people are going to be like, oh, that's the PC thing to do right now in this era. But let's just say, you know, let, let's save that let's for later. And, and, right. Let's just be like, yo, props to Netflix for making that move. Right. Putting a minority woman. You talk about a double minority, really. Right. Yeah. To lead out a new department, something that you're serious about. So, of course, yep. Shout out to her for doing the work and coming with a ton of experience. Like you said, if she's coming from Apple, it's a it's a big deal. But that's she cool to nice see resume. from Netflix. Yeah, yeah she has yeah, a nice cool. resume. So shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on the position and um, shout out to Netflix for trying. Now, what I will say, I am interested to see because if we're so used to Netflix being a movie video type platform to then jump into audio, I'm Mm -hmm. curious if you're going to go all audio and how does that look like? Or are you going to latch onto the video podcast kind of vibe, you know. Video podcast, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We, we Video podcast. To, we, <laughs> we having to take that. We take that role very well. Um, but I, I wonder what they're going to be doing with that because that's very, that's very interesting. That's, right. it. it's, even though I've, I believe content is content, is two different types. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm used to logging into Netflix, whether on you know, on the TV, computer, whatever, I'm I'm locked in to watch something, right? right. Now, or is your app going to switch up to I can listen to something? I'm very interested to see that because, and how will that work? Mm-hmm. Shout out to yeah. all the developers out there. Yeah, I was about to say that UE, UE, UI. I know that's that type of language, yeah, yeah. UE, UI type of stuff. So yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. So, but um, no, that <clears throat> I think Netflix huge move. Uh, shout out to her for the position, and uh, we're available. Mm-hmm. Me? Let's get into this uh, next topic that uh, Moose brought to my attention, which is Apple, Amazon. We're getting well. Wait, let me backtrack. We're hitting a little tech, people. All yep. right, we're going into the tech yes. world. You, you see the air horns going crazy. Um, we're trying, trying some, you know, trying something new. We're trying to get into mm-hmm. the tech world real quick, right? So Apple, Amazon, Microsoft are all designing their own chips. That's bad news for Intel and AMD. Um, mm-hmm. Moose, talk, talk to the people uh, why this attracted you. Because I got my own spin, but I want to to hear from the the businessman himself. Yeah, no, I love the move because it's it's going directly to the source and cutting out the middleman in this, especially in something that is so needed. Right. Like we've seen and this is a slightly different example, but in a similar industry, we know that the car industry right now is just turned upside down. Why? Because there's a shortage of chips because of what happened, you know, with covid and some flooding down in China. So now cars are extremely expensive. I even saw something that said. Uh, for some vehicles or certain models, used cars are actually more expensive than a brand new car right now because of the demand that's in the marketplace with all the shortages that's happening. So I think you got two of the biggest or three of the biggest companies in the industry uh, all on the verge of breaking a trillion dollars with two of them already there. 
right? They're probably seeing something like, all right, let me not put my destiny in somebody else's hands. Let's start producing this stuff ourselves and really take full control of what's happening. So I love the business move of just saying like, we're expanding in almost every arena on the front end. Let's take control of our back end too, right? So that's not something that's usually popular because it's not publicized often or people don't really see it. It's not like a new product that people can physically hold, but it is going to make a tremendous difference. Now, of course, I know that there will be some time to maybe perfect that same design or get the same performance out of their own things, but I think it's a great move for them. They're so big that it it's a, it makes sense. Yeah, I think... I think they're trying to cut costs. I ain't gonna hold you. 100%. I think they're trying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to cut costs. Um, from an Amazon standpoint, I believe that yo, we sell so many of these. I might as well own one, right? Mm-hmm. And and plus, they have uh, went from what you call it, selling books to cloud services, right? And so to keep up the cloud service, you're gonna need your own chip. Uh, well, mm-hmm. a chip, not necessarily your own, um, but to kind of cut costs. I believe that's the situation. And I think that's the situation with Apple as well. Like, you know what? We're we're known for our own hardware. Like, right. might as well have, if I have our own chip, I can probably add an extra couple of bucks on mm-hmm. it. Because now I can make it seem as this is, the new and improved thing you need than right. necessarily an Intel or AMD, right? Because we right. already know we're very fully familiar with their specs and everything like that. But this Apple one, we're not so mm-hmm. sure how powerful it is. We have to go by the specs. And if right. it beats whatever's already out there or they just spin it as far as saying this Amazon one, this this Apple one is... And you know what's crazy? Mm. A couple of bucks times a couple of hundred million units that these companies push yeah. is obviously a big move. And then the other part that I'd be very interested to see how it plays out, if other companies now start going to Apple and Amazon, right, to fuel their products. So, like, imagine, mm. like, a Samsung now going to, you know, an Apple to get chips from them instead of going to the other big two. That I think that would be really cool to see, like, they might create an entirely new revenue stream or just a different part of the company that, that maybe, I don't know that they were planning on it because if you started something for yourself and then you start helping other companies, too. I'd be interested interested to see how that plays out. Well, so like this is the this is the crazy part. And and I can understand Apple and Microsoft, right? I could completely understand that because when we think of computers, we think of them. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the it's the Amazon one that I'm like I'm almost like you're greedy guy. Like oh. like come on. Like you, they try you to do really, everything. Yeah, you're really trying to take over the world. And I mean, I can understand it, but come on, leave it, leave it to the computer people. I mean, like you, you good. Like there's other things. You wouldn't consider Amazon a tech company? You wouldn't, you wouldn't consider them? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. No? Mm Mm-mm. Interesting. I'm I'm, I'm glad they're doing cloud-based services, but I don't, I don't put them in the tech world as far as let me get my hardware stuff from them. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, I would almost they, look at that 
and I'm sorry, Amazon. I, I really am. But I would almost look at that as if you go to the grocery and you get the grocery name uh, mayonnaise. Like you go to like key food and you get the key food yeah, mayonnaise yeah, 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 yeah. and the key food yeah. uh, cereal. It's like the Walmart, almost, the Walmart yeah, brand or whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I would almost look at it like that. For those who knew what key food was, shout out to you. But, yeah, um, that's a queen's thing. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> it's a queen's thing, yeah. I'm sorry, a supermarket brand. I apologize. Right. Supermarket brand. I realize that. But I, I look at it kind of more like that. You're, you're, gen, you're making it very generic when it comes mm. to Amazon. Now, with Apple and Microsoft, that's a different story because these are the top two of where we get our computers from. Right. Yeah. But we don't get our computer stuff from Amazon. Uh, it is mm-hmm. one of those things It's one of those things. Yeah. So I'm interested if they do do that, what would be the price of it compared to an Intel and AMD one? Because if you're going from a cheaper standpoint, then I could fully understand the move. Right. Um, mm. But like then all- like I yeah, yeah, like knowingly taking the Dollar Tree mm-hmm. position in the market. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could, I could see that happening. I could see that happening, but I do find it a stretch from a brand who is so powerful. Now, they are already in a non-traditional way of branding stuff, right? Like I said, they were known for books before, and now they are known for everything in the world. So they're already doing something different. So if this works, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you can, y'all keep pushing it. Y'all keep yeah. pushing it. I, yeah. I'm rooting for I saw, I saw, um, I got an ad on YouTube this weekend from Amazon's, uh, like personal brand and marketing, uh, branch. Like it's crazy. They doing all types of stuff. Yep. 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 It's like, yo, help us elevate your brand. Yep. I kid you not. Amazon something. Hold on. I got to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen it. I seen it this week and I was like, wow, y'all are doing everything. At this point, I'm just, I'm curious to know, how are you finding people? Like, how are you even... How are you finding that many employees to do all of these different things, man? Shout out to whoever's helping them recruit. That's uh, that's impressive. Um, rumor is, is they burn out there. A employees. lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's, Crazy that's turnover. A, over yeah. There. That's a different, that's a different topic, a different time. Mm-hmm. Facts. But uh, yeah, yeah, I heard they, they run them through and I don't know. Right. I don't know if that's a good thing, but Mm-mm. you have pretty much number one spot. So. I, look, this is where business and people kind of collide. Crash, like, yeah. yeah, like, uh, but you know, like I said, another time, another day, we'll get more facts on that before I even speak on that. Truly, but I like that. Shout out to Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon for the move. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Indeed. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about something that. Um, there was this documentary, right, that I watched a long time ago, not too long ago, but a long time ago, about this festival. Uh, some of y'all may know, um, and I'll pull it up, uh, the Fire Festival, right? So for our listeners, what you're seeing, well, you, well, what's being shown is 
what the fire festival was supposed to look like and what it really did. So it was supposed to have all of the, you know, the luxuries in life, which is the yachts, the personal cook, the great place, the music, all that great stuff. And it, um, let me, oh, let me play this over. Um, and it ended up being uh, raggedy tents, uh, cheese and bread and no music and everything mm. like that. Right. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because uh, people want their money back. Actually, people paid to be there. Right. And this was four years ago. And pretty much the attendees from what I read uh between this article, which, what was that? New York Post or something? New York Post. Yep. yep, New York Post. And then, of course, you know, my uh, minority behind went to Baller Alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Baller Alert reported they were only going to get paid back $250. Right. So not only are you... The attendees paid for a crazy amount of travel fare, but the tickets I heard was not cheap, not cheap at all. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because the power of social media and influencers is crazy, right? So if I, if I bring up this, this video again, um, and listeners, I got y'all, right? But at the end, there was a post, right? Let me bring it up right here. I'll pause it. So all the influencers, and they paid a good amount of money to like Kylie Jenner um, and a whole bunch of other influencers where they had this orange box and everybody would post it all on Instagram, all on mm-hmm. the all and it just like took over the whole internet to where people were like yo what is this and so then they started seeing the promos of the yachts and the famous people and the models and everything else which painted this picture of i have to go right i mm-hmm. have to go and i and i look at that from a standpoint of though it went wrong Really bad, really wrong, really bad, right? There is still a lesson that I would love to go over one day about the fire festival, which made me think of like a really dope idea of like we watch a movie and then we break it down with some of our audience. That would be really dope. Mm -hmm. It's a different idea for another day. Don't ask me about it for tomorrow. But anyways, uh, (laughs) but the documentary broke down all the social media situations that they done to bring people to this Island for them to feel so hyped, regardless of that. There wasn't so much information out there. There wasn't really true confirmation. They really just went on a limb and like, because they saw it on social media. Right. Mm. So unfortunately, and if, if any of our listeners, actually paid to go to the fire festival. We apologize if this may sound a bit insensitive. I promise you that's not the whole thing, but 
I think that whole fire festival thing, the marketing side of it, not the execution side of it, was right. genius. Right. It was genius. It's giving me ideas of, okay, what can I give? Because we're dealing with the 120 series. What can I give some influencers for them to be excited about and post? Clearly not paying the amount of money that they did. Uh, sorry, influencers. Sorry. But um, what can we give them that could be in uniform that everybody sees it and wants to be a part of it as well? What are the different promos that we have to put out that is like, yo, this is what's going to happen. This is the vibe. This is the feeling. This is the emotion that I'm going to have. This is the energy that's about to be there. This is the kind of lifestyle I'll be living after this. Oh, this is amazing. So with every with every bad situation, there is something we can learn from it. Right now. Granted, my man, I think, went to jail. We're still in jail. Mm. Um, bankrupt. The whole nine, right? It was just really bad. Um, I still, hold on. For real, I'm sorry. As much of a Ja Rule fan I used to be, I still can't take him serious after that mm. whole, like, I can't take business moves serious. Now, granted, what he probably got caught up with is the whole, you know, let us find a rapper and let's attach this and he's the face, but really it's other people that's running it, right? So Ja Rule probably just got like caught up. Ooh, what happened to that? Uh, got caught up in that whole situation of let me be the face of the actual festival, right? Mm-hmm. But... Come on, my guy. Like, you, you didn't want to back up after you saw certain things happen and you didn't want to speak on it. You just kind of, so it was just weird. But um, I thought it was cool to cover because we have to remember how dope that marketing situation was, regardless right. of how right. bad everything ended up. The fact that we saw bread and cheese and like lettuce and that's what people got to eat. And you heard that plumbing was bad. Food was scarce. Like you lived in a like um, evacuation tent. Hmm. Eh. Eh. They, I don't know. They what's marketed. Your, what's your take? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they marketed a fancy uh, camp trip, you know, camping yes. trip is what it looks like. And uh, did a phenomenal job. But I mean, number one, I, I think this goes to reiterate. And for those who jumped on this and saw this opportunity four years ago, this goes to show the power of influencer marketing. Right. Yes. And I, I know that that's something that's popular in the industry, but we haven't really talked about it much, at least on, not on our podcast. But it really shows. I mean, there are some studies now that are coming out that are saying, you know, within the next 10 years or so you can really expect influencer marketing to almost be the only source of marketing and 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 will outgrow or outdo traditional marketing by a landslide, right? At least that's what studies are saying right now, which I think for them to do it, you know, a couple of years back, it really shows that they were almost ahead of their time in a sense. Yeah. The other part of it that I still can't just, you know, work on or move on without really speaking on, about is, of course, like the desperation to hang on to money or tie yourself 
and do everything related to money mm-hmm. to to like because you know like you talk about like man did Ja Rule not see or why would he not back out and I think there's there's no better way to explain that or not, nothing else to speak to other than the fact that it, it's a desperate move for money you know yeah. like. And, and that's part of it where we can see many people who are, you know, coming up on this topic of like, oh, this person is a scam artist or this or this or that. You know, I, again, I, don't ever, I never think that at least I like to tell myself this so I can keep my heart pure. It's mm-hmm. like I never think that anybody is out to intentionally hurt others or another, you know, a group of people. But desperate times call for desperate measures, I guess. And that's the part that is like, yo, as best as you can, try and avoid that, right? Like it, at some point, yeah, marketing and branding is phenomenal and we do want to believe to that. But to sell people a broken promise, it's like in business, there's no way you can, you can come back from that. Like back in the day, when you think about how were businesses in the 30s and the 40s able to kind of grow their, their, their brand, mm-hmm. it was all reputation, Right. Like there wasn't social media back then. There wasn't any of those things. So although you might have a phenomenal like sales and blow it out the the mark or the ballpark that one time, just remember that your reputation like, you know, like this guy now serving time in jail and all this other stuff is like, was it really worth it? And it's like, yeah, no, not really. I don't (laughs) think so. Yeah, (laughs) no, no. I mean, the the thing I did. uh like did do some research before this podcast where he was like um too many people invested for him to not do it like mm-hmm. not try to right. execute on it now that's a bad judgment call right but i could see i could semi understand it like if you have so much this is where it's like you have so much belief that it is unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? In real life, like how do you tap? How do you tap back into reality when you dream so big mm. that the only thing that's so important to you is to execute on it, and you're not seeing the problems. You're not seeing it from a reality standpoint because we hear so many. Oh, this could go into a deep conversation. So I'm going to try, try to tread lightly. After show. But, After yeah, show. Right? I'm trying to tread lightly. But where is there a check-in? Is there a milestone? Whatever it is that you get a reality check of, okay, I'm dreaming big and I understand I have to dream big because everybody tells me to dream big. So I'm going to do this music festival of umpteen many people. I'm going to have all these great people come and everything's going to be fine. Okay, we don't have all the details just yet, but I I have faith that is going to work. I have faith. Mm -hmm. And now we're in the last week and you still have faith? Right. We're now in the the day of. (laughs) You still have faith? You still have faith? (laughs) We're in the mix. We're here. You still have faith? Right. Like, where where does the switch go back to reality and be like, hold on. Hold on. Let me, um, let me get this right. Let me, let me just be honest. But I think the problem was that he was lying through the whole time. Right. Like, he lied to his investors. He lied to the people. He even tried to continue to lie, even 
um, before the trial and things like that. I think now he's not lying. Can't. There's no point. But uh, I, I think that conversation needs to come into like when we dream so big, because I, I always believe in dreaming big, but I also have a sense of reality as well. Right. Almost for me, almost sometimes to a point where it stops me from right. dreaming the biggest. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that in the after show, but where is there such thing as dreaming too big without the reality check? Is that good to not have a reality check or at least mm, this is where this is where a team is needed. Um, I was waiting for you to finish. My yeah, bad. I was I'm waiting sorry. for you to finish. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I was like, yep, this is this is exactly where it happens. Absolutely. That's where you insert, you know, there's got to be some person or a group mm. of people that you give permission to. If you care about that, and I think yeah. all people should care about that. You should care about, you know, not doing wrong by people. You mm-hmm. should care about, you know, returning loyalty. If that if that's something you stand on and, and it's been given to you, you should care about giving back, giving that back to people. So you, yeah, you're the visionary by all means. Stretch, run, grow, aim high, mm-hmm. uh, go beyond the moon and, and all those cliche things that they tell you when it comes to dreaming big. Yeah, do those things. Yeah. But yeah, have a group of people by your side that you give permission to, to be like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second, player. You've gone a little bit too far now. You've broken the rules. But maybe, right? maybe the, maybe there was people who said something. I believe there would be. Um, and is it to the point, and this is where uh, uh, flightassessment.com, flightassessment.com, right? Uh, because I am a pilot and a flight attendant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, where at certain points, maybe his people love and skills went completely down and went all the way like this has to work. I don't care what you say. I'm going to make sure this is happening. Maybe not as what everybody envisioned it to be. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, Nick, I think from seeing a lot of these scenarios happen mm-hmm. most of the time, those people gain so much influence and power that they often intimidate people on their teams and they never have people that really tell them. Like, even if that was a part of the plan, it'd be like, hey, okay, I give you permission to tell me when I'm being crazy. Yeah. I think when you are around someone who is that attached to their dream or their goal or their vision, it intimidates you from, from saying anything. And as a matter of fact, you buy into what they're doing because you really believe like, yo, this person is about to help us discover a new planet in West Africa. They said it's there. You know, like, and you start buying into it. And mm-hmm. I remember the example of uh, WeWork's founder, Adam Newman. There's a, there's a phenomenal documentary on that whole story yeah. uh, on Amazon. And I think I may have shared it with you a couple months back, but they talk about, yo, how can this company be worth tens of billions of dollars, literally a week away from going public? And they crumbled, Mm -hmm. crumbled because 
they, they, they couldn't cover up the lies anymore. So they did the whole documentary talking, you know, asking his people, yo, so what was it like? What was happening? And he had them doing the most off the wall stuff ever. But as they talk about their experience at the time it was happening, they really bought into what, what, what was taking place. So I think that while we say, yes, have team, I, I also believe that it becomes very difficult for the team to speak up because, you know, it's like part of you being on the team is to buy into the mission. Right. So it's, it's, it's definitely a sticky situation, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting when that comes up, but the, the proper thing to do is, yeah, get somebody who can be bold enough to be like, yeah, no, hold up. I agree. After show. Yeah, we got to finish this one after, 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 show. after show. Shout out to all our All Access squad from Apple Podcasts. If you want to hear the after show, Join the All Access Squad. So uh, there's this clip, right, that um, I found on Flagrant 2, right, that had DJ academics. And they were talking about, since we're talking about events and things like that, they were talking about how hard it is for certain rappers to sell tickets on tour, right? And Mm -hmm. the point that they said was very interesting that I wanted to uh, talk about. It's hard to sell tickets. Kanye couldn't even sell tickets. But it all it does tie back to your demographics population. Daniel Hernandez, that's a massive Latino population. Six yeah. nine can sell out easier because he's talking to his people. If you're a rapper and the other races don't f- with you, you're talking to twelve percent of the U.S. population, and there's a, they're concentrated in a few different cities. You can't go to Wichita, Kansas that easily and sell out if white people don't know about you. Six nine Spanish. Drake is half black, half white. We can't expect someone like Lil Baby who's straight black from the hood to compete with those numbers international. So I brought this up because not from a standpoint of, let's say rapping, right? But understanding the, almost the importance of, Connecting with different audiences in different nationalities and ethnicities, right? So I understand. Okay, so going back into the hip hop language real quick, I can understand since Little Baby, since we did go over Little Baby, I could say this, right? Uh, Little Baby is talking to a majority of Black audience, right, that it possibly couldn't sell as many numbers. Now, granted, still the the numbers on tour is still going to be a lot, right? But more than somebody who speaks English and Spanish, somebody who can speak English, Spanish, Arab, all this other stuff, a.k.a. Drake, maybe for a sentence, but at least he knows this sentence very well. Right. Um, And it made me think about even from a standpoint of just businesses, right. And content in just general of, we are only speaking to a certain percentage of the city, the nation, whatever it is. And 
we, if other brands and businesses have that global standpoint, that international standpoint of other different languages and other different nationalities and everything like that, it is a little bit harder. So how do we kind of integrate learning a new language or learn, like, how do we get, okay, here we go. Not being politically correct. You get this a little bit. How can we get the white people? How can we get the Asian people? How can we get the Indian people? Like, what do we have to do? Now, granted, on this podcast, we're great because we're super mixed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mad diverse. We are beyond mixed. Um, Mad and, diverse. And Moose will point that out because he pointed it out one day. He And I was like, man, you are, you are so right. Like, we have a wide audience just because of the two people that we are. Right? Mm-hmm. But... Not everybody has that ability, right? right? Not everybody can switch it up because of their nationality. Like I, right. I'm blessed to be uh, a mutt, like I like to call myself. Uh, I'm blessed to be a mutt, right? So I'm black and Puerto Rican, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can attract both sides, Depending who you ask, they're like, oh, hey. you are mad Puerto Rican or, oh, right. I hear it coming out or, yo, your black side is coming out today. I don't know right. what's happening, but right. your black side is coming out. So just on that standpoint, I'm good. Right. I'm a yeah. little bit. I get, And when I get mad, the Spanish comes out. Only when I get mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, it, it's really crazy. It came out sometimes on lives. It was crazy. Right. But. Yeah. I'm thinking, and, and I think we had this conversation, whether on, on our YouTube, where it was like, at some point, we have, to be, we have to come up with a strategy of going global to mm-hmm. widen the audience. And not necessarily going wider with our products and our services, mm-hmm. right? But it's going wider with communicating to other people about stuff we already do. Right. So that's what I right. was hearing with that, even though they were talking about touring and everything. I was looking at it from a standpoint of they're not, they're not saying Drake or uh six, nine or Cardi does anything else outside of rapping. They do, but when they were talking that, about that particular topic, all they're saying is, yo, if these people go on tour for what they are known for, which is rapping, which is hip hop, right? And we put them all on the same thing. All, they're going out in the world the same time. Who would have more numbers? It is the one that could communicate with more people. Facts. So, and communicating. I like how you broke that down. Like that, see? Hey. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> come on so even and and even from a standpoint of let's look at and now granted little baby has now become way more popular than um than before and hip-hop in general has been a 
a genre that all cultures are starting to want to be a part of and all brands are starting to want to be a part of. Right. Mm -hmm. But there is still that term of crossover. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Cardi has crossed over to the pop lane as well. So I could rap, but I can get on with Bruno Mars anytime. Right. Drake done that crossover, not only on the pop side, but on the the Hispanic side as well. Right. And probably other languages. We just don't really know because those are the two dominant ones in in our culture. Right. Yeah. So you look at that and you scrape away the fact that it's hip hop, scrape away the fact they're even music artists. It's like I said, who can communicate and connect with people more? The one who stays super local with the slang and the terms of one culture or the person who can communicate and connect with multiple cultures. And so I'm thinking when it comes to building a brand in the business, how can we already set it up to where we understand we have to take over local and we have to take over what our audience is rocking with, but what, how are we going to be able to communicate with other cultures when the time comes, not instantly, but when Mm -hmm. the time comes, I'm going to need to know what, cultural things I can't say and can't say when it comes to my brand. How can I communicate with somebody in this country if I'm trying to go global? So that's what mm-hmm. kind of the thing that I was yeah, getting no, I love that. from that. I love, and I love how you broke that down because I think you're, you're absolutely right on many facets. I think the part I want to speak to a little bit more is the how part, like how do we actually do that? Yeah. Because I noticed that pride is kind of a double-edged sword in this scenario, right? Mm -hmm. For example, you need to have pride in your own culture and in your own race to really get people to buy into the message, the food, the ideologies, the culture, like everything. Phenomenal. But then at one point, that pride is what makes you raise your nose just a tad bit too high and not care about how somebody else does it. So the reason why I've always valued diversity And I talk about my experience and my upbringing, but we also talk like the reason why we make Queens front and center on this podcast is because that's where we grew up. Some fun facts about Queens, over 200 languages are spoken in our borough alone. Thanks. So we grew up in the mix of diversity. So I remember when I first went to Michigan for college and I finished my bachelor's degree there, uh, we had like a 95% Caucasian population on campus. So a lot of my teammates and other students on campus were like, yo, you come from New York City. This must be culture shock. I'm like, actually, no, because I'm so accustomed to, right, like being in different circles already back home that I just know that this is just a different type of circle, right? It's not where maybe my community uh, uh, rocks. So so I think that in, in that upbringing has made me want to, number one, be a part of different cultures. It makes it easy for me to embrace other people's food, 
other people's music, right? And you, when you think about Drake, like why is Drake so loved by so many different popularities? Well, usually he goes to their homeland. He's looking to take part in their culture, not force his culture on them. Like he's not going to the Caribbeans and say, yo, let me show you what Toronto's like. No, he's going to the islands like, yo, what's your sound? What's the unique sound that you guys have here? Let me be a part of that. Uh, let me bring local artists from the island and also put them on my platform or give them, you know, an opportunity to get on the track so that I can. Right. So I think it's the double edged side of pride. And if you're looking to become more dynamic or more diverse, if you will, probably the better word to say and hop into other cultures, you really got to start appreciating other people's culture. And I always thought food and music are the first places to dive into. Once you become a part of somebody's food yeah. and a part of their music, you're so embedded in their language and what they do that they welcome you with open arms. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you've experienced this, but, it, it, you know, there's never somebody who probably came over your house and wanted to, you know, have uh, maybe coffee or, you know, just traditional foods that mom or grandma was like, no, 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 get up out of here. This ain't for you. You don't know nothing about this. Right. And it's like, oh, you care about our culture? Come on, let me show you. Here's what this was about. That's what yeah. my mom does. You know, so I think that for anyone who is looking to do that, just, yo, tone down the pride a little bit and really think about embracing other people's culture because that's the way through for sure. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting after show. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> but let's get into this next one. Uh, this has been... So, let me set it up. So, with the hip-hop culture, we see a lot of jewelry, right? Um, and we've had conversations in this podcast of materialistic things. Um, is it good or bad that it gets glorified? How do we personally feel about things about that? Um, and there is this documentary that QC came out with. If y'all don't remember, that is, uh, coach K and P with all Migos and Yachty and city girls and everything. And they literally did uh, a documentary about jewelry and the importance of it in the hip hop culture. And I'm going to say, honestly, it made me think about it a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm going to come out here with a rollie and an iced out <laughs> chain all of a sudden. <laughs> That's not what I am saying. But there is, let's just go to the clip because I, I got a lot to say yeah. and I see the time. And if it wants to come up, it will. But, <laughs> but cue the clip. Right, right, right. Cue the clip. Y'all know how we do it. It comes up when it wants to come up sometimes. But when it comes to how hip hop looks at it it's oh, almost oh here we go today but let me get it back let me get it back bring it back bring it back all about the music at the end of the day but with marketing and persona now you know once they put the jury on and they create who they are those fans want to see this man it's it's really up it's become like all right well you ain't got no big chance so you must not be doing well and then that becomes psychologically hard on the artist because then the artist like all the time they feel like they got to be so, 
So here, here, here's where I want to go with this, right? I love how, I love how Coach K was like, "Yo, music comes first. Yes, granted, cool. However, comma, it is a plus and a minus with this jewelry situation, like they mentioned, because how they how they formed it was." you know what, the American dream wasn't for us. And so we don't necessarily get awards and trophies for when we do amazing things like maybe other people. So we're going to say jewelry is our trophy. This is something that we're proud of based off different occasions, based off different milestones, right? Um, Everybody has their vices. And this is kind of ours, right? Now, for that standpoint, I'm like, all right, you did something. No one's going to give you anything. You might as well. Maybe that's the only child in me. Might as well buy yourself something, you know, to say congratulations to yourself. Right. I'm fully aware of that. But and the whole marketing situation, the way you look. is completely shows Yo, I got it all together. This is just Mm -hmm. where I I understand if I have certain chains, if I have certain cars, I have certain things. I'm depicted as I got it together. I'm successful. It is what it is right now. I did like what they say about, yo, if I don't have it, I look like I'm broke. Like. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing about that is, like, we look at a J. Cole, we don't think he's broke, but my man does look a bit homeless sometimes. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I don't know what's happening with his hair. That's also so crazy. But um, it's a lot of things going on. It's a lot of things. Um, But even in the documentary, which was cool to... For them to point out Jay-Z, where it's like, yo, Jay will come out with a whole suit, right? But he'll still come out with the chain. And it's more of a, I'm I'm in your culture, but more of a, and pardon me, F you mm. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, this is, this is how I'm, this is where I'm from. Like, I, I made it, but this is where I'm from. And this is my trophy that I made it. Right. I have conflicting situations with it because for the for the sake of the rapper life has almost converted into the entrepreneurship life. And if we see and it is documented where, yo, it can mess up your mental that. If you don't have this particular chain, car, and everything, people don't think you got it. And you can have all the skills in the world. But if you don't have these things, you don't you haven't made it. Or you are looked at a certain kind of way. And that kind of lifestyle has almost seemed to come through to entrepreneurship because it's not necessarily if you have the best business, the best skills, um, the best experiences, anything like that. It's to some, 
if you have this mansion, if you have this car, if you have these types of jewelry, now you're a very successful entrepreneur. And we could clearly see that now. I bring up a J. Cole because a J. Cole is like a Bill Gates. Right. Um, a Kendrick is like a, a Jeff Bezos. Where I'm successful and I don't necessarily have to show you I'm successful because clearly my body of work and what I have built says it for itself. I wonder, is it a confidence thing after a certain point that makes you like feel that comfortable that you're like, I'm cool? Because even in, even in, I think, episode two or three of this particular documentary, Lil Yachty comes back and is like, yo, a lot has changed in a year. I, I look at jewelry, it's cool to look at, but I'm not really about that materialistic thing anymore. I know 21 Savage also was one of those. I'm not going to really buy jewelry anymore. I'm going to go more into investing. Mm. Right. Um, so clearly certain priorities and everything like that. But if you, and I understand, like I said, I understand with hip hop because that's entertainment, Right. So you have to entertain, you have to live a certain kind of lifestyle. And so it's it's cool for an entertainment standpoint. It sucks from a real life standpoint. Mm -hmm. But when you're taking a lifestyle of entertainment and putting it into a business style of entrepreneurship. And making it as. Almost if we don't see these things, you're not a successful entrepreneur. That's when I have a bit of, of a problem. Keep it as a trophy. I'm for it. Yo, you got your 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 Rolls Royce. Cool. Right. Mm. Uh, what was it? Sh shout out to LeBron. If you're seeing this, uh, your son has an amazing car. Um, shout out to Bronny. Right. He has this new charger with the stars on the top of it, they uh, went to, I think, uh, what is it called? Stars in the ceiling, right? Which I just found out. You put any stars in a car, and now I don't mm. want a Rolls Royce anymore. Oh, there we go. Yes. There we go. Thank you. I don't Save want a Rolls Royce anymore. No grand or so. Yeah. Fire, Save right? you a hundred grand because or so. Because all I wanted was for the stars, but that's not the point, right? Um... Where was it going with this? Because I got really confused. So, okay, no. I totally forgot it. Totally That's forgot right. Because <laughs> yep. I was like, got so excited that I don't have to get a Rolls Royce anymore. But anyways, so, okay. So, shout out to Bronny because he got a new car with the ceilings, uh, stars in the ceilings. And that's kind of like his trophy for what he's already done. And he's super talented and super successful in his already career that he has. Right. Um, with how uh, like his his school is one of the most like notable schools and documented schools right now. Right. Yeah. So. That the fact that he got that car is a trophy like, yo, salute to you. Ooh, 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 right. Cool. But I'm I'm conflicted because some people really say 
yo, you don't have this, then you're not successful. Right. Or the expectation is that, and that messes with people's mentals. And that's where I have a bit of a problem. Cause granted, I love shout out to my mom. I love jewelry like anybody else. Right. I will keep a certain kind of look, certain kind of chain on cause that's who I am. Right. And I come from the hip hop kind of lifestyle, all that great stuff. However, take this away. I'm still the same person. I can still uh, murder anybody in the skills that I do. Right. And no one can say anything different. But some people will look at it from a standpoint of here are your peers. Your peers have rollies. Your peers have these particular cars, multiple cars. Mm-hmm. Where are you with that? I do not care. Right. What are you talking about? Like what? So I'm conflicted with it, but I understood based off this documentary. Why jewelry is such a importance in hip hop, because we weren't supposed to be given anything anyways. So let's create our own stuff. So I, I get it from that standpoint. Yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it's a uh, more of a personality thing just as mm-hmm. much as anything else. Right. Like I think there are a group of people who I'm not going to say that something is necessarily wrong with them or something is missing, but they enjoy, uh, they have expensive taste, right. Or yes. they enjoy the luxuries of life, rightfully so. And then there's another group of people who understand that this is what you have to do to be marketable. Right. Yes. And it's not something that's not, not anything that they necessarily need to stay alive. But they're like, oh, OK, like I look at a Conor McGregor. Right. And, and his fight is on tonight. Mm-hmm. And I noticed what he did last fight. And he, he's fighting the same person. Right. It's like yep. uh, they're the third fight. What he did last time. And he take this he took this very friendly approach where he's used to being the villain. And we we've seen a lot of people take the villain character or the villain role Mm -hmm. in their marketing efforts to really rally more people because you're either going to love to see him or you're going to love him or hate him. But you like you want to see him win or you want to see him lose. But either way, you're watching. We saw Floyd do that. We saw Connor do that. But where they come from, they come from humble beginnings. They don't necessarily need those things, but they know how to play the game. I think the challenge and, and what you're speaking to here is like if it if it becomes the thing that helps you to feel valuable, worthy or confident, then, man, that's something you got to really look out for, because God forbid, should something happen or you can't maintain that lifestyle, then it's difficult to right feel your best or contribute or any of those things. So, no, I think you spoke to it really, really well. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to add that piece of, you know, people just more so understanding the marketing side of the business and they play the game and even others who choose to play the villain role and they see what happens. So, like, as you're looking at, I don't know if you've seen any comments or interviews around, again, just with this example with Connor, everyone is excited that he's back being the villain and tossing my man's hot sauce and, you know, like doing all this crazy stuff. So I think some people know how to play the game. Others just get tied to it and they actually need it to, you know, be themselves or whatever. So Yeah, and from a marketing standpoint, would Floyd Mayweather be Floyd Mayweather if he didn't uh, market himself with having the cars, mm. the money, the houses, would, who's another one, would cash money, let's bring it right. back, 
would right. baby and and little Wayne back then would they have been uh so successful being called cash money and they not showing any kind of lifestyle well, you know no, with credit cards yeah right. No, <laughs> right so i think but then but then again if we go all the way back now back from our kind of not like back like Rakim and all them but death row mm-hmm. now their marketing standpoint was terror and gangs and like it wasn't the money it's called death row like you come come correct or you will probably deal with some consequences nah. right i didn't want to say that That's still, <laughs> i mean i think right. i think Shug is still in jail but um sorry Shug. but um yeah so their marketing way was it's not about the cars and the money we have that but that's not the Standpoint. The standpoint is, you know, uh, our attitudes, who we're affiliated, what our um, when we come in the room, don't mess with us. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think even though you can go into a industry where it is very materialistic, there is still other ways to market that doesn't necessarily go around that. Now I'm not saying do the death row away. Please, please do not pick violence over money. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Thanks. That's it. You know I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm not good with that, Thanks. but I think it gets, I think it only gets dangerous when it comes to the jewelry and money. And it, when there's greed that comes in, that's when it gets a little bit crazy. That's another topic within itself. I think if it just stays as trophies, I'm cool with that. Yummy. I'm cool with that. But let's get into this last point. Um, y'all know I always try to find something deep to have conversations with with uh with Moose. But I found this really dope clip that was on Hot 97, right? Um, that was actually on an Instagram uh profile that called Hot Freestyle or something. Right. And it was talking about working with Eminem and how is it wrong to have a nine to five work ethic? So let's watch this. Working with him made me look at the business different because he was the first artist that I worked with that actually treated business like a real job. The first day I came, I came around six. I'm expecting, OK, we're going to do an evening session. I get this studio. Oh, M just left. I was like, yo, M, where you at? He said, I'm, I'm out of here. I said, well, I'm at the studio. I just got here. You coming back? He said, I'll be back there at 9 a.m. <laughs> so I get there at 9, and he shows up on time. So I'm in the middle of writing a record. He's like, yo, I'm about to go out for lunch. I said, all right, cool. I'm going to meet you after. He said, you're not going to take no lunch? I said, no, no, I'm not hungry. I'm just going to work. He goes, takes lunch. Hour come back. He's back. What we got? I play him the record, play him the chorus. He said, oh, this is it. Boom. He goes into his verse. Five o'clock come. He's halfway in. Like, all right, bro, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. <laughs> and I asked him, I was like, yo, what's up with the like the work ethic? He said, nah, man, it's just I just like to be here. I don't make it no more than what it's supposed to be. I don't allow it to stress me out. Stay longer than I have to. I got a family, I got a daughter, I want to be spend time with her. Like, I want to make time. And I stop and I said, damn, you know what? He's right. Moose thoughts. I love that. No, I love that. You know why? Because it's like, yo, for num- for one, it keeps you grounded just to what you did and the things that got you to where you are and how to still 
believe in those things and, and stay consistent enough to stay where you are, right? Like, like stay there, right? So like, I even look back at uh, some of the things that I do now, like um, whether, whether it's going back home to the family's house, using different showers, whatever it is, I'm just like, you know, it keeps me grounded to, I guess you could call it not wanting to go back to where you came from, but at the same time, it still keeps you tied to everyday life. Like, don't ever get on your high horse to break away from the things that got you to where you are. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, I love that mentality of like, yo, I'm going to treat it with that same mentality still. But at the same time, I'm not going to give it more of me than it deserves so that I don't rob myself from other parts of life. Like there are still other things that matter outside of work. There is yeah. kind of like he said, family and, and children and, and and food and and just, you know, just your own personal time. So I love that. Like I know that there's a there was definitely a maybe 10, the last 10 or 15 years where there was big promotion for, you know, working hard and grinding and and sacrifice and working 16 hours a day. And look, if that's really what makes you you and and you don't want to do anything else and you're happy doing it, then by all means, I don't think that you should listen to anybody telling you to stop. But if you bought into that marketing, right, if you bought into that storyline and it doesn't make you happy or you feel other parts of you are still missing or you're not fulfilled, then it's okay to change that. And I love to hear successful people or, or I'm going to use that Erica analogy, you know, people who are famous and can dangle that carrot in front of you to show you like, yo, you can still be at this level and do it a different way as long as it works for you. So that, that part I love to hear. And it's like, yo, from time to time, when we highlight people like that, it just shows yeah, you can do it differently and still do it at a high level. Like you don't got to do it like everybody else. Big facts. I, um, and the fact that Eminem is, pretty much known as top 20 or top 10, depending on certain people's list, greatest of all time. And to hear that he has a nine to five work ethic. When I heard this, I was like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, I'm doing something wrong. And I actually wanted to bring it to you because now that you know, Moose is married. You know what I mean? Moose is married. You know what I mean? So now we got to be accountable for like real right. life time and like, okay, you can't have all <laughs> of me over here because I have a whole human being that deserves all of me when it's, you know, the time right. is right or even all the time. It doesn't even matter. I don't know. You know, that's that's up to him how he defies his time or he says bump right. all y'all, right? So I wanted to actually bring this up as a conversation because it's like we're actually in an environment of almost feel as if it's 24 mm-hmm. 7, right? But when we look at some of the successful people, even the successful people in our circle. Right. There are complete cutoff times or cutoff weeks, mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm like, maybe, you know, the first thought that came into me, maybe I'm not working as effective as I thought because I'm looking at it as if I have 24 hours 
Mm. And if I looked at it as if I have nine to five kind of time, I would probably push myself a little bit more and get a lot more done because I know I don't have all that time in the world. And I possibly can have a regular life. What, um, what I saw in a video and I was going to talk about it probably on a live was like people actually with how the pandemic hit was like you almost like value more of work life balance mm-hmm. yeah. because we saw it's possible. Yeah. All right. Like yeah. I could work here. I could still chill. I ain't got nothing. I'm home. This then the third, let's figure out how to get rid of this. And we'll talk about that on a, on a YouTube uh, mm-hmm. live, but I really thought about it like, yo, I'm doing everything wrong. And so now I'm almost going to look at it from like, all right, these are the dedicated hours. I don't know if I could weave myself off so, so much, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like there's something that's so much, so much of an importance than working in these between times. And yeah. be very effective and driven in these particular hours and then dedicate the rest to whatever needs to, it needs to be dedicated to. Yeah, that's real, man. That's real. I, I think you're absolutely right because there was a time where I had to kind of train myself on time management. Mm-hmm. So when I was working from home or ran business from home, however you want to look at it, it looked like or it felt like I can work any day, any time, any hour of the day because I have the computer right there. And there's like I said, we're in that environment where it's marketed that you got to work, 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 work. So when you're not working, you feel like, oh, man, I'm being lazy or something's wrong with me or why am I not working more? I should be doing this more. And I had to train myself to break that habit. And I remember getting a small little office space. It was at a co-working space, like a little cubicle, small little cubicle. I was paying for it monthly. And I intentionally left my computer at the office because when I came home, I couldn't do work. So you got to do work, finish your work while you're at the office, because when you can come home, there's no more work. So I think it's it's a habit that every entrepreneur, everybody who's going to work for themselves, by themselves, whatever, just not tied to an actual organization. It's a habit that we all need to really train, which is, yo, don't romanticize work because you work for yourself. Like, don't make it the end all be all. You should really look to, like you said, maybe carry more of a nine to five mentality with this. And you might actually find that you will do more. Like you said, there's a set time to it. So I I, I love this clip, man. I, I've, I haven't really thought about that idea in a while, but I'm really glad. For, I'm, I'm going to thank you for the reminder because I know I could be doing better in that department myself. Yay! Yeah. Just, uh, listen, he's the GOAT. So we got to learn. <laughs> yeah. We got to learn right. from them. I'm yeah, just saying. My man is a great. Yeah, that's true. Listen, I'm just saying. But... Uh, shout out to everybody who reached the end of this podcast. Um, totally appreciate it. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Nikki and Moose everywhere. We have a lot to talk about on this after show. So definitely subscribe all my Apple podcast listeners. 
definitely subscribe because we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to talk about the jewelry thing. We're going we we got a lot of things to talk yeah, about on this after about. show. Um, so definitely become part of the all access squad. Try it out for free for three days. We got a couple of episodes. Yeah, binge on right. I uploaded quite a few for y'all. Quite a few. Um, but moves. Final words. Yeah, I saw something this week that said, yo, the bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. So while, yeah, things are slipping away and it's out of control, just remember at the end of the day, you can take control of your time and decide what's most important.